Hello and welcome to the Moncast. A podcast where we watch Pokemon and Digimon in tandem and discuss the similarities and differences that they share. My name's Sam. And I'm Stevie. And the score currently stands at 10 points apiece. And this time we're watching episode 21. Bye bye Butterfree and Home Away From Home. first episode we're watching is Bye Bye Butterfree. The writers have decided that Butterfree has to go, so they come up with some ridiculous breeding season for Butterfree to take part in. Ash's Butterfree sets his heart on a single pink Butterfree, and despite being the best Pokemon ever, fails to woo her multiple times. Team Rocket then butt in with the butterfly net and capture every Butterfree in the sky, except for Ash's Butterfree, aka the best one. Ash and co tail Team Rocket back to Hidden Hangar, where the best Butterfree releases the trapped Butterfree. <laughs> impresses the lady and then helps Pikachu with the flyby shocking. Ash says goodbye. Butterfree and Mrs. Butterfree fly off into the sunset and I cry at all of Butterfree's highlights throughout the series. So, do you want to start or do you want me to start? Let's start with Pikachu's walking with his arms outstretched at the start because that's funny. He's just sort of waddling along with both his arms fully outstretched. I don't remember that, but okay. It's cute. So, they're going to Saffron City, apparently, right? I think they say that at the end of the episode. No, they say it at the start. It's, it's at the start of my notes that apparently they're on their way to Saffron City. Oh. To get to the next gym. But Saffron City, like the Saffron Gym, is the sixth gym that you fight in the story. The next one should be Erica, and then Koga, and then Sabrina. But for some reason, they're going straight over to Sabrina. Well, I guess the anime and the game follow a different order of gyms. Oh yeah, I forgot that they're different things. Yeah, the game and the anime aren't intrinsically linked. Actually, yeah, I've got a picture of all of Ash's badges, and I'm seeing the or- the order that he fights the gym leaders, and it's actually quite different. So they're still travelling, basically. Yeah, they're still travelling. And then uh, they end up, what, they just see, like, it's just, for no reason, they just see a, a, a pile of butterfree don't they oh they're all in the sky they're everywhere because it's butterfree breeding season which is totally a thing yeah like it's, it's weird that they've brought up this concept of butterfree mating season from absolutely nowhere i feel like if they'd mentioned it in a couple episodes before or had it mentioned in the pokedex entry when they catch caterpie or when butterfree evolves they could have said you know it, it travels abroad during mating season every year or something like that but they just don't and it just seems to be a thing that they throw into this episode for no reason Oh, they've, they've got a clear goal in mind. That what? They're going to get rid of Butterfree? Yep. They've decided that Krabby is cooler, so Butterfree has to go. They can't get rid of the starters, they can't get rid of Pikachu, and Pidgeotto is just a better flying type than Butterfree is. So they have to make up some dumb excuse as to why Ash would get rid of his first Pokemon. So they just make up this entire episode. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of glad you feel like that, because I... That's pretty much how I feel. Also, it's a bit of a plot hole as well. So that Butterfree have to cross the ocean to start their new family. Yeah, he caught Caterpie in Viridian Forest. Yeah, well, they've been on a boat ride a few times since then. So the Butterfree flies back to Pallet Town from this new island that they're on. And around there, they do all the breeding. No, no, no. I feel like they've got on a boat and they've basically gone along the coastline. Well, it was a pretty big cruise ship for just going across the coastline, which then sank... And then they ended on a different boat and went somewhere else. 
I reckon the Butterfree are flying back towards that area of the Kanto region. Then why does he get upset? He can go find him later. He could say, I know you're going back to Viridian Forest, wear this necktie, and then go and we'll find you later. But like, the other thing is though, does that mean that all those Butterfree there are all from Viridian Forest? What if they're caught in other places? Are they going to go over to that area or are they going to go to where their their partner's from? I have no idea. It just seems so shoehorned in just so they can get an emotion out of you in this episode. If they'd mentioned it a couple of times before, it was something that you vaguely know about. It, it, it would seem better, but it just seems to be that this episode starts off they going to a place, which is apparently the sixth gym, but they're going to fight the sixth gym fourth. And then they just get a hot air balloon from somewhere. That Brock knows how to fly. Brock is a deus ex machina. Anytime they need something, Brock can do it. Anytime they need someone who's good at cooking or sewing or fishing or flying or driving, Brock can do these things because Brock is essentially a plot point. What, you think Brock's just pulled the hot air balloon out of his backpack? Probably. And then they get up there and they see the woman who's in it for like half a second and Brock has to go nuts over her. I'm like, why? What? Stop this. I'm not a fan of Brock oogling every single woman that he sees. It's dumb and it's stupid and... Ugh. Well, it's the only time he gets to actually be the focus on screen. <laughs> Why can't they focus on him being good at battling or being... He's supposed to be a Pokemon breeder. He should be able to know things about, you know, what Pokemon eat and what Pokemon enjoy, what environments and whatever. But no, he sees a woman and then he gets hard eyes and goes all creepy about them. Well, he does know all about this Butterfree breeding bull****. Okay, you can talk now. I've, I've waffled for a bit. Pokemon's music was really good again. I've quite liked the music recently. I'm not sure I've just not noticed the tracks before or if they've been playing new stuff, but I've quite liked it. In general, Pokemon's soundtrack's pretty good. I've got to admit, they do have some really nice, even like ambient music where they're walking through the forest. The The thing is, though, I'm pretty sure a lot of the music from the show is based on the music from the game because that's in the game the battle music's in the game there's a couple of bits of music that aren't in the game i know what you mean though i do like i do like the music i didn't think the music at the end was the right fit for the music i felt like they could have picked something else maybe not the title music i think it it was like pretty good music for a while and then like halfway through the flashbacks it just changed to the theme song and i was like okay well this just killed the mood it definitely was sadder music, and then they just changed to the title music. This is a powerful moment. Why are you ruining it with your theme song? Okay, so we need to talk about the girl Butterfree. The single pink Butterfree. Girl Butterfree TM. Yeah, it's like Butterfree Girl Edition. Like, if they were to brand Butterfree for, uh, for girls, they would just make this one. I'm amazed it hasn't got painted nails. <laughs> Okay, so it's not a shiny Butterfree, because shiny Butterfree, it just has a different eye colour, it's slightly darker purple. But my theory is it might be from, there's an episode called The Island of Pink Pokemon, I've talked about it before. Okay, so it's lots of pink Pokemon. Yeah, I'm not going to say why, but I feel like it maybe it's from there. It probably is. Yeah, like, I thought maybe that's where it's from, because this is a place where all Pokemon are specifically pink. But I think the only reason they dyed it that colour was specifically so that you could tell that it's the girl. Because, I don't know about you, but I've always seen Butterfree's male. Ash's Butterfree is male. I can't tell if they've ever referred to that Butterfree as he before. I don't know if they've done that. I'm pretty certain. Maybe it's homosexual, what we don't know. But they're going to struggle to breed if it is a homosexual Butterfree. 
they can adopt a poker egg. I think it was definitely just made pink so you could tell it was the one that Butterfree fancied. They could have done something different. Maybe give it a ribbon or something, but they just had to make it pink. And then to prove that it's a woman, it has to slap Butterfree. Butterfree b- slaps Butterfree. Because Butterfree is female and Butterfree needs to show that it does not care for this other Butterfree. So instead of denying it, it has to physically assault it. Speaking of which, as a random tangent, apparently the plot of this episode is love is about violence. Because Misty is talking about physically assaulting your romantic partner to gain interest at one point. So, no, maybe you don't assault each other. That's that's not how love works. You don't see someone you really fancy run over to them and start beating the shit out of them. Misty's love advice isn't the best, especially when it's being given to Brock as well. <laughs> the last thing we want is Brock running up to every woman he sees and punching her in the face. He'd run up to Officer Jenny and punch her and just be arrested for assaulting a police officer. Okay, we're going to get away from that tangent. I like how Butterfree looks really cute with the scarf. It reminds me of Pokemon Mystery Dungeon, and it looks really adorable. I think it looks absolutely wonderful. Butterfree looks cute even without a scarf. I feel like in this episode, they were just like, you need to feel sad now. This one's going away. Come on, say goodbye to it. Now look at all the time that he used it. I think it was a sad moment. He was right to be sad. Because it was a dumb episode. Do you want to get through the plot a bit more? And then I'll fight it and you can defend it. I don't want to defend it that much. I want to defend the sad moment at the end. Because that was really sad. But the episode as a whole is awful. I've got one point against why you should defend it. What's that? Five episodes ago, he was on the St. Anne. He was going to trade it for Eraticate. He felt absolutely fine trading it for Eraticate. No, he regretted it afterwards. He did it in the first place. Yeah, because he was like, oh, trading's a thing. I should do that. Then he was like, wait, but I like Butterfree. He still did it in the first place. Oh, that was just Ash being an idiot. So if he honestly had that many emotions for Butterfree, then why would he say he was going to trade them? He did have that many emotions for Butterfree because that's why he ended up drowning in that ship because he wanted to trade to get Butterfree back and then he got stuck on the ship. He drowned for Butterfree. Yeah, but he still did it in the first place. That was just him being dumb. He's a dumb 10-year-old. Imagine if he did it with Pikachu. He won't do it with Pikachu because he loves Pikachu that much. Butterfree... He doesn't really care about it. He only cares about it more because he hasn't got it anymore. I think Ash cares about Butterfree. I care about Butterfree. I think you care about Butterfree more than Ash does. He's a 10-year-old child that doesn't know about how to express feelings or about not trading away your favourite Pokemon. Do you know how many times he uses Butterfree in battle for getting it? About five times? Yeah, about four or five times, yeah. Which isn't a lot. And he calls it old friend, even though he's known it for maybe three months. Maybe he's just saying that Butterfree's old because he's going off to have kids. It's so dumb. It's like one line by Brock that is... Butterfree has to go or you'll never have babies. Because you have to have babies to have a fulfilling life. That just completely validates my conspiracy theory about the writers want to get rid of him. Because if you get rid of, or oh, he'll never have babies, Butterfree doesn't have to go. They've just made up this entire thing so that Butterfree has to leave. It's so evil. Why does everyone hate Butterfree? It's not fair. Get rid of the crab. Make the crab go breed. It doesn't need to breed because there's already a crab and there was only one step and that step is crab. Okay, I've got one more thing that I kind of want to gripe on and then and then we can get to some better things. Because there are some good things in this episode and there are some funny things. So from this episode, you can pretty much tell straight away once Girl Butterfree TM, you can tell that it's going to have to do something to get its affection and you know that Team Rocket's going to appear, you know, it's going to fight them. It's the same plot points we've had in other episodes. It's the same as the Squirtle Squad episode. Say something from Team Rocket, affections change and everything. If Team Rocket didn't exist, 
half of this stuff that happens wouldn't happen. They're almost like a force of good. They turn up to threaten Pokemon, and then Ash and Pikachu stop them, or the Pokemon of the day stops them, and then the problem is solved by fighting them. And this episode's no different to that. But I'm so glad they interrupted. Yeah, they are the best bit of this episode. They are the best bit because everything else is so bad by comparison. Ten-year-olds talking about romance and trying to get Butterfree to hitch up with someone. With one specific one. Take any other one. They're all exactly the same, Butterfree. It's the most cringeworthy thing. And then Team Rocket interrupt and it's okay again. Team Rocket turn up with a helicopter with a giant bug net. They catch all the Butterfree and then they fly with the wind a couple miles away so a hot air balloon can follow it. If I was Team Rocket, I would go the other direction because a hot air balloon can only go the way the wind blows. It can't go any other direction. In Pokemon World, balloons go faster if you make the flame bigger. It makes them move sideways faster. Honestly, if they just flown, you know, made a 90 degree turn and flew that way for maybe an hour, they would have been home free, but they always seem to stop anytime they succeed in catching a Pokemon. They'll get like five minutes away and sit there and be all like, yay, we did the thing. And then Ash and Co turn up because they're like around the corner from them. Just realised something else really dumb. Only Ash and Co turn up. What happened to all of the other trainers? <laughs> I've just had their Butterfree stolen. They're not important. They're not relevant. All they were there for was just to release a Butterfree, which they could do from the ground. But no, they have to release a hot air balloon, put some potential dangers in the air so Butterfree have to fly around them. But Butterfree might get tired if it has to fly too far. But it has to fly across the ocean. What's wrong with it flying slightly higher than it is at the moment? In this world, flying straight up and flying sideways don't match up exactly. The different things, it's easier to fly sideways than it is to fly up. Okay, can we get onto some nice points? Because there are some nice points. Okay. Ash and Co. start doing the motto. Team Rocket are there, and they just have Ash being like, to protect the world from devastation. I'm like, yes, I love this. It's so good. I love any time the motto is slightly different. It's fantastic. And I've noticed in a couple of episodes they've had it. In the last episode, they had it in, is it the Magikarp one, where he's really sad? Things like that, I absolutely love. I love when they like do different things with the motto. Or when they're doing it by themselves, to themselves, for themselves. And then they're having a fight with Team Rocket, and they beat Starmie. And then out of nowhere... Misty gets a water cannon backpack thing and fires it at Starmie and it's completely recuperated. Where does she get this from? Is it from Vox's bag? Because she can't carry it because she's got a tiny little bag. I didn't even question that. It just sort of happened. She gets flood from Super Mario Sunshine. I think at that point I was just zoned out and wanted it all to be over. But then Butterfree releases all the other Butterfree because why couldn't Ash have used Bulbasaur or something and released them all at one go? But no, Butterfree has to do it. And then they all fly away and then Team Rocket go... Okay, let's go get them again. And they've essentially just done the same plot twice. It worked the first time. And then Pikachu, because Pikachu can't be left out because Pikachu's the main character and has to have some show in this, gets dragged up by Butterfree and then thrown onto the helicopter. And then it has one of my favourite moments in the entire show. It is amazing. He's got that look, it's like, what? And then he's got the look on his face like, He's going to shock us. He's going to shock us. He's going to shock us. It's great. Pikachu's evil smile. It's like, I'm going to kill you. Like I said in the last episode, but he has a, a hunger for blood. He has to kill things because he enjoys the murder. He's done it before, hasn't he? Charmander was flamethrowing Damien. And Pikachu was like, I want to slice this action. Murder is my favourite pastime. Honestly, no wonder like Pikachu's hard to deal with. He's a psychopath. That was hilarious. But that's only the, the one diamond of... There's Pikachu flying on Butterfree's back as well, which is really cool. He's done it before with Pidgeotto. But it's cooler with Butterfree. I'm really upset because my favourite Pokemon, Cubo, had an episode and it was garbage. 
your favourite Pokemon Butterfree gets an episode, it's garbage. Would you call this episode filler? I'd call this episode an excuse for an episode of Pokemon. This episode's entire function is to get rid of Butterfree. It's cringeworthy and painful. I feel like it's just, it's brought up out of nowhere and you're supposed to feel sad. Like, they expect you to feel sad. Like, they're telling you, you now feel sad. Instead of creating a situation where this sad feeling can occur... If they had said a couple episodes before, like, you know, you won't be able to stay with you forever because Butterfree go and travel to their hometown to breed. You know, maybe the next episode, Ash says, you know, maybe it's time we go and release Butterfree. And they go specifically to release Butterfree, not just to be walking to a place, see a load of Butterfree and go, okay, may as well do this now. Oh, there's a lot of Butterfree. Butterfree. Gotta go. Go with them. Bye. Bye. The plot says you've got to go. We can't employ you anymore. Bye. Be made redundant. Basically. Butterfree, you want kids, don't you? You want to have babies? Go have babies, Butterfree. You've got to have babies. Look, there's a girl one over there. Go to the girl one. Oh, the girl one doesn't like you. You will make the girl one like you. Assault it, says Misty. Assault that one till it likes you. It's okay. Team Rocket's here. Fight them and then it'll like you because it likes when you fight things oh now you're going okay i'm sad now here's a montage of the time i was used bye the times i was used i hate this episode wait we're not at the end yet so have you got anything else you need to talk about because i'm done for this episode okay a few small things i did like still team rocket instead of blasting off like into space they do a reverse blast off and blast off down to a canyon into just a crevice that's just there for no reason just for a paper change it is like a giant hole in the ground that you can't see the bottom of and it's just there for no reason and then they blast down into it and then there's the sparkle still because that makes perfect sense that there by this cliff face there's an ocean and then there's just a chasm to nothing they've probably gone past a couple of waterfalls and some wavy lines and ended up in the digital world oh i would absolutely love a crossover with a team rocket in the digital world that would be amazing team rocket should be the villains in digimon but anyway i've just realized that quite a few of my likes are dislikes so i've just put in the wrong points stuff like the pink butterfree is a bit that's not really a point is it she just rejects him slaps him across the face it's that traditional thing of oh i like you no i don't like you go away okay i will now confess my love by almost dying fighting a thing. Oh, now I love you because that's how it works. How do they know they've got anything in common? What do Butterfree even do in the free time? They sit and watch Digimon because it's better. <laughs> I very much doubt that. They do a weird dance to each other to show that they love each other. My other like is I did like just watching Butterfree's highlights. It's like, oh, we've seen all these before. Oh, memories of better episodes. The only downside to that is if you're like me and you just really don't care about Butterfree whatsoever, it's just boring it's not boring it's butterfree for you it's really good because you're it's like the cubone episode i absolutely love that episode because of cubone if cubone wasn't there it'd be awful if this episode didn't have butterfree and let's say had pidgeotto bye bye pidgeotto doesn't have alliteration though piss off pidgeotto there's a lot of swearing in this episode we're angry people today i am what do you expect they've just taken my favorite pokemon and they just decided to get rid of it but it had to go for obvious reasons they saw a cluster of butterfree and they were like bye no there were no reasons it was just the writers being biased against him i feel like they needed butterfree for reasons and then they've realized that they've already got the flying type they want to give ash a new cool pokemon so they'll just get rid of the one that isn't the most useful which will be the butterfree because pidgeotto can still evolve it all comes down to the writers deciding that butterfree is not cool yeah basically but butterfree is cool so screw the pokemon writers they can join team rocket at the bottom of that chasm 
You're so mean today. Are you just? I think you're just annoyed that the episode was bad. I'm going to hold a grudge for quite a while about this episode. <laughs> it's okay. He'll see him again one day because they're old friends. No, they won't. They've gotten rid of him now. I would love to see a list of all the Pokemon and people that Ash has always said, I'll see you again someday and has never seen again. That would require someone watching every episode. And even we aren't doing that. How could you imagine that? would be a nightmare. Only Pokemon. Honestly, I'm going to binge watch them because they're okay. They're okay when they're not engineering dumb situations so they can get rid of Pokemon that they've decided aren't cool enough. Butterfree was never cool. Butterfree's the greatest. Honestly, I do I do quite like Butterfree. It, it's, it's pretty cute. But I do feel like it was just thrown away for no reason this episode. Exactly. There was no reason for Butterfree to go. And I know exactly why they've thrown Butterfree away as well. Actually, I'm not going to hold a grudge against Pokemon, because that's mean. I'm going to hold a grudge against the next Pokemon that replaces Butterfree, which I'm assuming will be Krabby. I'm just going to hate Krabby, because I'll just be like, you could have been Butterfree. Okay, you're not allowed to dislike the next Pokemon that joins the team, because it's one of my favourites. Ooh, all the more reason to dislike it. No, I've just found out, and it's like, the next couple of episodes are going to be really good, and you're going to love one of the next couple episodes. I better had to. I'm really angry. I've not even started going through my dislikes yet. I had this massive fear that we would have come and sat down, because honestly, I was not a fan of this episode. It was, It's like the last episode, there was nothing in the first half. The second half had a few funny things, but it was worse than the last episode. At least in the last one, we had cool things like Pokemon fusions, we had a ghastly that could talk, it had illusions it had a, an actual ghost in this episode we had just they were there there was some butterfree and then some shenanigans happened also if they're walking to saffron city and they can get a hot air balloon for the just on a whim why not pay for a hot air balloon if they're traveling to saffron city in a hot air balloon and then just walking along the road but no butterfree's got to go get his little butterfree leg over for girl butterfree so now let's go get a hot air balloon and shenanigans happen i'm actually annoyed for you i'm annoyed that this episode is bad because i wanted it to be really good i wanted emotions for this episode i can tell you now this isn't the last time we have a, a partner pokemon being released and i'm hoping they're not as cr- I wouldn't even call it released, it's just being disposed of. It's been written out of the plot. Okay, dislikes. I think the only thing I can really talk about is the fact that I dislike how they try to make you feel this feeling of sadness because Butterfree's going away and how they're really close friends. Can we work out the last episode Ash used Butterfree? Okay, 19, Tentacle and Tentacle, he was used to carry Bulbasaur. But that wasn't like a focused on him episode. Okay, last time it was properly in an episode was Battle Aboard the Saint Anne when he was traded away for a rat cave for half of it. Yeah, so he's literally a plot point Pokemon. I feel so upset. Like, it's his first Pokemon and they could have done so much with it. But instead, they had a couple episodes where it beca- suddenly became Butterfree. It was used in a battle against Misty. It was used on the, the Saint Anne. Traded on the Saint Anne. Traded back on the Saint Anne. Was used against the Tentacruel in all of Pokemon at once. And then... Gone. Bye-bye, old friend. This series is an insult to Butterfree. Okay, go ahead. I'm going to eat a shortbread. Butterfree's having babies and migrating and all that stuff is rubbish. Ash throws a Pokeball to release Butterfree out of that air balloon, so that's one Pokeball he's never getting back. Why is everyone getting rid of their Butterfree? Butterfree is the best. Why would you possibly want to get rid of your Butterfree? I've got a like here in the dislikes. It's good when Misty punishes Brock for being an idiot. What is this episode? Then again in caps lock, what is this episode? Ash, why? How can Team Rocket hear them from a helicopter? Hot air balloons don't work the way that Brock uses it. You don't put in more flames and it moves faster sideways. Calling out for Pokemon is dumb, because every Pokemon pretty much has the same name unless it's been nicknamed. 
Although it is funny because Pikachu just calls out for Pikachu instead of Butterfree because <laughs> he can't say Butterfree. Then there's the pink Butterfree is a damsel in distress but in Pokemon form. And then finally, I hate this episode. Why would Pokemon do this to me? This episode is awful. I hate it. I think I'm finished. Anything you want to expand on? Basically, I agree with everything you've said. I think it's a, such a dumb episode. I mean, we're just saying the same thing again and again, but it is a dumb episode. It's the dumbest episode. It's the worst episode. Okay, what could they have done to improve this episode in your eyes? Remove it from existence and let Ash keep Butterfree. That would be better. Or maybe have Ash capture the other Butterfree. But it was owned. Oh yeah, it was released by the random woman. That Brock had to oogle because it's a woman. Brock just trying to force Ash's Butterfree into an arranged marriage so that you could date the woman. Pimping, essentially. There was pimping involved. Brock's just like, hey, have a scarf. There, now we can recognise you amongst all of these other Butterfrees. Okay, so I, was, I think what they could have done is find out that the Butterfree are migrating. And then Brock could have said, oh, he's go- they, he needs to go back to Viridian Forest. Go to a Pokemon Centre, call up Professor Oak and say, okay, I need to return... Butterfree to you, would you be able to take Butterfree and release him back to Viridian Forest? And Professor Oak being like, oh, okay, I'll do that for you. And then it's not a sad goodbye, it's a see you later. In a couple episodes, they could be in the background, we're talking to Professor Oak. Really cool, really fun. But no, we had to have this little forced sadness moment. The sad farewell is sad, though, just because it's like, Butterfree doesn't really have to go. It's just that the writers hate him. Yeah, I didn't find it sad, and I think it is because the fact that he didn't need to, to go anywhere. They were literally like, they didn't really ask Butterfree what it wanted. They All they were like is, send Butterfree out. Go find a mate. Oh, you like that one? Get that one. Okay, you've got to go by. It's like, maybe you wanted to stay. You've got to go raise a family. Have some responsibilities, Butterfree. It's so dumb. <laughs> okay, right. I think I think we're done. Favourite things? Pikachu, because there wasn't many new things in the episode, and Pikachu's wanted a murder. I don't really have a favourite thing. You have to have a favourite thing. Pikachu on the windshield as well. Yeah, that's literally the reason why I like that. It's the only good moment in the entire episode. I was going to do um, the gang doing the motto, but then I remember that Ash is the one releasing Butterfree, and I was like, no, they don't deserve this. Ash is the worst. He's been reinstated as the worst Pokemon trainer. You're going to like, not next episode, but the episode after that. I think you're going to enjoy it then. He was bearable for a while, but every time he just starts to become okay again, he does something dumb, like trading away Butterfree. Or releasing Butterfree. Why is he such an idiot? My overall thoughts are I hate Pokemon. I've got a bit more constructive criticism. I thought the episode was kind of dull. There's just lots of Butterfree in this girl Butterfree TM. This episode, the last episode, where the first half is literally just pointless filler and Brock getting lusty over a woman. And then the second half has got plot. But then in this one, it's even less... The second half of this is literally Team Rocket for a short spell, and then there's a montage for a couple of minutes. Very little happens in this episode. It's maybe like half an episode stretched out to a whole episode. There was no forewarning. There was no reason for it to happen. It just happened, and then they tried to enforce an emotion upon you, and then just faded away. And I can tell you the next episode, he's going to have no sh- for Butterfree whatsoever. He's never going to mention Butterfree again. No, probably not. I can just imagine now him walking along the path one day. His Butterfree's there on the sidelines, just like waving like, Ash, Ash. And Ash will just blank him and keep walking. I've got like nine different types of butterfly now. I don't need you anymore. You've got some Butterfree ripoff. That's all they are. Every other butterfly Pokemon is just a Butterfree ripoff. Okay, shall we move on? Because you're getting angrier. Pokemon's going to have to earn my trust again, and it's going to take a long time. They've made a huge mistake. This episode only exists to get rid of Butterfree. The second episode we are watching is Home Away From Home. 
Ty and Coromon are seemingly in the human world, in a park near where Ty used to live. They both head out to Ty's house to think through what's happened when they meet Ty's sister, Kari. She seems to know who Coromon is and even mentions going to the digital world, all of which confuses Ty. As they relax and recover at home, their computer screen suddenly shows an image of Izzy, telling Ty to stay in the human world and to not return to the digital world at all. Before they can process what's happened, the news on the TV shows reports of disasters happening around the world, with Digimon seemingly being the culprits. Unfortunately, no one else seems to be able to see the Digimon. Ty and Coromon set out to find a portal back to the digital world, which the other Digimon are coming through, when they are stopped in the streets by Ogamon, who fights Coromon, damaging buildings and causing destruction. Eventually, Coromon digivolves into Ogamon and a portal opens up in the sky. Ty, Confident with his choices to return to the digital world, bids his sister farewell and floats off into the portal, back to the digital world, now with a determination to find his friends. Do you want to start or do you want me to start? I'm going to start by first of all saying that this episode is much better than Bye Bye Butterfree. Okay. That's the first and most important point. I like the opening shot when they stood there in the park absolutely dumbfounded because they've gone from this really bad background desert with blotches everywhere and they're suddenly in the real world which is really well animated and there's lots of people all around doing their own thing there's such a stark contrast which is really really good i think especially with the cliffhanger from the last episode where they were just sucked into a portal and they were just gone and then obviously they're not 100 percent sure if it's the real world and then coromon gets wiped out by a ball and then a girl turns up to get the ball back and they start asking you all these questions like you're a real girl or a digital girl what's going on and they freak her out and like she starts crying and they're drawing loads of attention to themselves so they just hightail it out there and it's just a different opening to what we've had before and they're just in this place and they have no idea what's going on and it's cool it's better than stumbling across a flock of Agumon being told that Agumon has to go and have babies. I feel like you're going to compare this episode so directly to Bye Bye Butterfree in every way you can. (laughs) Okay, so in the first bit when they're talking about the buildings, Ty mentions the toy factory, which it isn't. I think it's either the TV building or it's the building in Tamers or something, but it's one of the important buildings in Japan. It's quite clearly not a toy factory because it's near a park. I really like the slower pace in this episode. It focuses on three characters which are Tai, Koromon and Kari that's the one. I like the fact that it focuses on these three characters the animations a lot better so they're not just stood still flapping mouths which is that they do in a lot of episodes if you see them all talking everybody stands still one personal talk then the next personal talk then the next personal talk in this episode we don't really get that we just get a really nice dialogue between a brother and a sister and a weird pink blob and i like how when she introduces herself it's really cool because there's that little nod to the special the pre-season special which we haven't discussed yet but it's it's there and it's like a 20 minute episode where there's young ty and young kari and a digi egg falls out of their computer and they raise it in a relative relatively short space of time but there's a whistle involved in that episode if you've not seen it they blow a whistle really hard to wake Greymon up but Kari's wearing the whistle on her neck and it moves in a little way as a, a sort of remember this time that this thing happened this is why she'd probably know who Koromon is it's cool yeah the interaction between the characters in this was really good and it's interesting seeing Tai interact with Kari because we don't know unless you've seen the prequel you don't know anything about Kari yet she's a whole new character she's come completely out of the blue like some breeding season and she's a bit odd she's very quiet okay so one of my problems with this episode uh is kari is super creepy she doesn't seem to be written like a regular girl she knows so much about the like she calls it digiworld she claims to have been there as well and we've 
canonically not seen her there. Like at no point have we ever seen her physically go there yet. So it doesn't make any. It doesn't make sense as to why she says she's been there before. She knows Coromon, but that's kind of okay. But she just doesn't seem to act like a, a girl. There's like an anime trope of this really frail girl being offered food and she eats the tiniest little mouthful of it and then that's it. But you always see like the guys all hawking down their food because they're men and they need to do that. And there's always the girls being delicate and dainty and having the tiniest little mouthful of food because that's all I'm allowed to have because I'm a girl. A lot of Kari's weird behaviour can sort of be excused because she's supposed to have a fever. So like she wouldn't want to eat too much food because she might just end up throwing it back up. I suppose, yeah. Or she might be a bit delirious because of the fever. Okay, I know, I can see what you mean. Maybe she wasn't... She wasn't 100% herself. She may have been too ill to eat, but they didn't say that in the episode. Instead, she was like, she had the tiniest meal, and then she was like, oh, it's delicious. You could have this if you want, Coromon. And Coromon's like, yeah, that's fine. That's cool by me. And then he eats too much, and then he is pooping. But all of this, it must be about 10 minutes worth of the episode where they're just at home and they're chilling out together and they've realised that it's been like almost no time at all since they've left or they've gone back in time slightly. And then there's time where they're just chilling out with the little sister and Kari is playing Patricate with Koroma and Ty's just chilling out and thinking what's going on. And I love that little moment where he lies back and he just turns the air conditioning on and just relaxes. I think he's earned it. He's been the last couple of days in a desert trying to save his friend and then there's portals and, and ultimate level Digimon and explosions and destruction. I think he has earned this little moment where he's gone back and just chill out. And then just the thing that they do in Pokemon where the first episode, half of the episode is kind of calm and not a lot really happens, but they do it, they pace it in such a nice way. Like you're seeing them do things, you're seeing him prepare meals. You can see how he's changed because Kari mentions that he Never used to cook food before, but now he seems to learn how to make these things. And he says, oh, Matt taught me how to make these things. So he is caring towards his sister. He he checks her temperature, but, although he says that maybe she's delirious or something like that, which is kind of dumb. It detracts from the fact that he is, you know, checking her temperature. And then he makes her some food, but she doesn't really want it. It's nice to see these little quiet moments. I absolutely love things like this. I love like like try a slice of life. I like this slice of life because I like the little character moments. I prefer seeing character development than a big battle. And I like that they just get to spend time with just the two of them, which is really, really nice. But I've just realised that I'm, I'm still rambling, so I'm going to just let you do some talking for a minute. Well, I'm letting you ramble because I did a lot of rambling. I just want to talk about the first half because obviously it's, it's a quieter. It's more about the kids and stuff. First half's really good at sort of adding realism to Ty and making him seem like a real character or a real person because he's got all these memories of the area and home comforts that he remembers and this life that he's lived so this episode basically just makes you relate to time more it's a lot less about digimon and fighting it's more about family yeah family and Ty being real. I think the other thing that really throws it into this completely different style of, of show is that it, ever since the first episode, they were in some unnamed camp for like two minutes and then suddenly they're in this fantasy world. Now they're literally in the real world, in real life locations. So it turns it from this fantasy world with all these fantasy monsters into a real world story, but there just so happens to be this tiny little blob monster, which is the only link. Yeah, uh, it's the only little like reminder that there is this other stuff going on. If, if Coromon wasn't there, it would essentially just be a slice of life. A kid's gone home, his sister's there, he's not very well, and he's taken care of her. The first 20 episodes could have all just been a dream. Mm, yeah, he could have been at a camp, passed out, and then woke up, and then it's all not happened. I mean, it's the same day, just a very long dream. It is like literally nothing has happened in, in the real world. All of this 
this adventure has happened and the defeat of Devimon and, and Etamon and them traveling and everything, all the danger they've been. Ty's the only one who has that baggage, and now they're in the real world where literally nothing's happened. He's the only one with all these bits of extra baggage that exist, apart from his sister, who's hinting at maybe she knows. And it's it's really cool to have all that stuff added to his character. So you can see him being this better human being than he, he probably was before. He's being really attentive and really caring. And maybe, you know, maybe he wasn't as much like that. Maybe he all he wanted to do was go and play soccer with his friends. Except now he seems to be a lot more focused on just, well, I wouldn't say he's, he's now he's more focused on relaxing, but you can definitely see that he just has this break. And I definitely think he's deserved it from what he's gone through and for me the first half of this episode is just that sort of exhale you've just had that moment where you've, you've won and then you just stop and you're just like oh, just had that little time that's really good and then you know, we get that message from izzy which appears out of nowhere on the screen and then it just alerts them to the fact that you know there are things still happening don't forget that the digital world is still in danger we've no idea what the new danger is izzy sounds so frantic and so like ty you're much safer there stay there don't come back to the digital world but we know in the episodes because we've seen the episodes that that's not what he sounds like when he talks to ty they definitely changed it in the dub to add more tension and it only breaks up like between sentences which is a bit convenient <laughs> i feel like it would have been creepier if it was just izzy being like oh hi ty don't come back bye that would have been a lot creepier because then it's almost like maybe his friends don't want him to come back instead of sounding like they need help it means that ty would have thought things differently maybe he's thinking less my friends need my help maybe he thinks my friends maybe don't want me to come back maybe they don't need me there anymore maybe they don't want me to be around we don't know but then obviously that's immediately followed up by the fact that on the news there's all these natural disasters happening around the world and there are just digimon and all of them and they're all those weird monotone digimon so they're not really in our world they seem to be in this in-between plane i think this bit's like absolutely fantastic because without sounding mean what do the kids have to lose if they didn't stay like if they found a way back to the human world and left you know what would they lose from leaving the digital world to die or whatever there's like no stake for them apart from losing their friends and maybe their lives whilst they're there but now that the digital world has started bleeding into the human world and there are these disasters and dangers for our world it gives especially ty reason to go back he's got something that they can lose if he doesn't go back and solve this you know if, if he stays here then essentially the human world's also going to get destroyed because of uh, these things that are happening with the digimon there is a threat in this world and it's not really explained like i can't think of in the other episodes why there would be these gaps the way i see it when the explosion happened and the vortex sucked in metal graymon etamon it also released because of the digimon that got sucked into the dark network shadows of them got dispersed throughout the human world because like ty came through in the same way that they did almost i'm not really sure how you'd explain the apparitions they're not strictly speaking there they're like bits of ghost data that are left in the dark network that when it gets destroyed and everything gets sent into the human world they get thrown as well but they get thrown around the world and they appear and they don't know what to do because they're not really digimon so they start destroying stuff because it's not really explained why they're there i don't think it is related to the dark network collapse because if you remember in the very first episode of the series in the prequel, it was mentioning all these weird natural disasters that were taking place. So I think the problems with the two worlds colliding were already starting to occur. Yeah, but the Etamon stuff happened before that. 
did it. If you look at the news report, it's the opening shot of the of the series of the places being like wiped out by water and stuff. Except Ty was talking about them before he even went into the digital world and all the Etamon stuff happened. In the sub, he's not the one who talks about it. The destruction of Etamon's stuff caused them to start happening. But maybe the reason the digital world gate opened for them was because of that event and they got sucked into it from that. But then that would mean that at some point they've travelled backwards in time. Yeah, that's apparently what's happened with Ty. Well, he's arrived back on the same day, but is it before he actually left? According to Ty, yeah, that's another version of him. Yeah, that's right, he does say that. That's a theory that I have, but also it could just be weirdness. He's been blasted backwards in time a little bit in the real world. Wibbly wobbly timey wimey. Yes, it is. Either way, there is now a danger in the real world because of the digital world, and it's really cool how it's there. So, Kari sounds a lot more mature than she is. Like, it's really creepy. She doesn't seem to be like a child. She seems more like a, a grown woman pretending to be a child. She says all these weird things, and I don't know. I just, she doesn't seem like an actual child to me. Like, she's not written like an actual child would be written. Yeah, she does just seem off. Like, there's just something not quite right about her. You could pin it on her being ill, but also it just seems a bit weird. She seems a, a, a bit weird in this episode, if I'm honest. Also, like, I don't know about you, but to me, the Digimon seems a lot creepier in this episode. Because they're monotone, and they don't talk or anything, and don't really make noise, and they're just completely out of it. They don't seem to be in this world. Especially with them fading in and out, they look almost like cosmic horrors from Cthulhu. They seem less like Digimon and more like remnants of them, and all they know to do is to fight. So that's why they're destroying things. Ogremon was definitely the weirdest because he, it, it felt like such an out-of-body experience. He, they were just there at a, um, a crossing and then he just stood there watching them. Yeah, it's so weird how they're just entirely motionless. Especially because when you look at like the last time we saw Ogremon, he was silly and had little snappy lines. And now we've got this monotone, quiet, aggressive version. It's kind of terrifying. Any more... Do you want to say about the fight before we get to the big end? It was a fight. Koromon couldn't really do much. It was definitely more dynamic than the last fights we've had, which are just the stock footage of them using their attack. There's was a lot more movement. They were definitely moving around a lot more than they would in the other episodes. And then we get to the ending. The portals opened up and Koromon devolved to Argumon. So they knock Ogumon into the portal and then Argumon flies up and fades away. And then there's the sad scene, which genuinely gives me sadness because it's not like it was just shoehorned in. It's not like Kari's in this one episode for one reason and then has to say goodbye and is never spoken to again. It's not like Ty's got to go because he needs to have kids. No, he's not like, they're not going to go into a hot air balloon and just throw Kari off the edge and be like, bye! If Ty doesn't go to the digital world now, he'll never have babies. Ty's the one that's flying away. Kari stays behind and is creepy all alone. My favourite shot is when Ty's floating away and they've got the hands and they're holding on and like the hands slide further and further away and they let go. That's really sad for me. That's such a little touching moment. I definitely think it's one of the most iconic moments of this season. Yeah, there's a lot of iconic moments in this episode. What's really sad about him going is that he doesn't really want to go. We've seen him in the first half of the episode being happy and content at home with his sister, having good food and relaxing. But now he has to go back. He knows it's the right thing to do, but he doesn't really want to. They even talk about staying, like Coromon staying, or, or Kari talks about Coromon staying. And it's a bit creepy when she does that. She's like, if you ever thought about staying here, you should stay here forever. But I know what you mean. He doesn't have to go back, strictly speaking. There's nothing saying he needs to return. He just chooses to. Just out of an obligation to his friends. He definitely feels more like he is the leader now because he's going back and everything. He definitely takes up the mantle of the leader of the group. And then, yeah, it's really sad. Floats away. And then suddenly the animation quality plummets. 
and they're back in the blotchy desert. Have we got any complaints about this episode? Nothing that I've not mentioned already. Things like Izzy sounding really frantic, even though in the episode where he's saying the words, he just sounds so nonplussed about the entire scenario. And then Kari just sounds a bit creepy. Yeah, Kari's creepy. There were a few things about the animation. I was still a little bit lazy. Like when he was having the phone calls around to check if his friends were in the real world, they reused the same shots a lot. And also the Digivice, when it's in his hand, looks really flat. Yeah, it does, yeah. And I don't think it's supposed to be like made out of cardboard. <laughs> but apart from that, it's a pretty well-animated episode. It's a pretty episode. It's a very pretty episode. It's not bland desert, as far as the eye can see. Or just a flock of butterfree flying away. What's your favourite character or thing? My favourite thing is the change of pace and setting, because it's literally gone from fantasy world to fantasy monsters to a really real place and a really real time setting with a really real house with a sister and stuff. It's definitely a completely different episode. So much calmer than anything else we've seen. It's just sort of slow, takes its time, does what it has to do, and then is forgotten about. There's also less puns as well. Like in most episodes, there'll be jokes and puns, and there are funny bits in this, but they're not necessarily people insulting each other or joking about something silly. Well, it's because Matt and Mimi aren't around. Or is he Osara? Basically anyone but Tai. It's just Tai and Kari, and they don't make puns very often. What was your favourite thing? Koraman. Yeah, he is good this episode. He's got a completely different view of this world than any other character in the series, because it's entirely new to him. He also has such a, a nicely rounded personality as well. He seems more playful, he loves food. It's just a complete flip on the first episode when Ty went to the digital world. Instead it's Coromon going back the other way and being confused and not knowing what everything is. Overall thoughts? It's definitely a different episode. I, I don't think it's the best episode ever, but it is definitely good. It's one of my favourite episodes, but it's not for the big things that it does. I, I really enjoy the little moments where he's just at home and relaxing and then chilling out and speaking to his sister. And It's a nice episode. It's a slow episode. You couldn't have, you know, maybe two of these. It's just long enough for you to get the point across where he's chilled out and relaxed and he's had this time to recover. And then he gets to go back and, and, and keep going on the adventure. It's a one of a kind episode. It does what it needs to do. It doesn't outstay its welcome. It's probably not my favourite episode of this season. It's a bit too sedate. and can get a bit slow and boring at times. It's definitely not an episode I'd watch again and again and again. No, it'd get dull like the third time. You just get a bit bored of it. Like Not too much happens, but it's it's enough to get what they want. And it gives you a good mood as well. Like the, the, the point of it not having too much happen is that it's supposed to be a really calm situation. It's a really thought-provoking episode because Ty just so much thinking in it about what he wants to do, what he has to do, whether he can even do what he wants to do. Like, what his goals have to be. Whether he should prioritise staying here with his sister or going back, finding a way back to the digital world. There's a lot of questions about Ty's motives. I don't I don't think motives are the right word, but like where Ty's heading as a character. Yeah, I think, I think I know what you mean with motives. They're like, he needs a drive. Is his motive going to be that he goes back and, and saves his friends? Or maybe he wants to just stay here, say, sorry, I don't want to go back there and do anything like that anymore. I'm done with that. I can just chill out and do something else. So he does have that one big choice of saying, you know, which one does he say goodbye to? And obviously he says goodbye to his sister. And it's really good that they gave the character the choice about going back to the digital world this time. Because he wasn't just sort of suddenly dragged in in a tidal wave. He actively chose to return. Good for him. Well done, Ty. You're not a jerk that abandoned your friends. For no reason. Now it's time for Mono Mono, where we talk about similarities and differences in these episodes. 
So let's start with our monster of the week. Mine is Coromon because he's awesome and gets characterization in this episode. He's really nice, he's cute, he's really playful towards Kari and he's really caring. And he also poops, which no other Digimon has done in any episode so far. Unless it's Numamon. Numamon's done plenty poops. Your monster? Well, mine's obviously got to be Butterfree. Why? Because it's my last chance. At least, even though they clearly wanted to get rid of him, they sent him out on a high point. Which like, he was the focus of the episode, even if it was for really dumb reasons. But at least Butterfree finally got an, like, an episode almost entirely to himself. But now he'll never be seen again. Which one do you think had the best storyline? Digimon. Oh, really? I-, I thought Pokemon was better. I don't really know. I'm joking, it was Digimon, it was quite clearly Digimon. Digimon, nothing really happens. It gave us plot. There's a lot of teasers for what's going to happen in the future in the series, but nothing really happens apart from Ty sitting, thinking, and then going back. But he does that with a purpose, there's a reason why he's doing all that, and I feel like it is justified that he can do these things. Whilst in Pokemon, it's literally, oh look, Butterfree. Brock, what are the Butterfree doing? They're going to have babies. Oh, should, should I send mine out for babies? Yes, you should do that, Ash. Otherwise, he will never have babies. Okay, I will do that, Brock. Butterfree has to go, or he'll never have babies. Okay, similarities? There's heartbreaking goodbyes. There's tears, pain. These are mostly what I experienced watching them. And then a bye-bye at the end of the episode. Okay, well, I've got my theme this time around, and my theme is letting go. In both of these episodes, the characters had to let go of something. So I've got some questions for you, Stevie. Which episode do you think had the better portrayal of letting something go? Digimon. Why? Because it wasn't completely out of the blue and for no reason whatsoever. The episode wasn't made so that there was that final moment between Tai and Kari where Tai had to go. Whereas Pokemon was quite clearly made just to create that final goodbye and then Butterfree's gone forever. I didn't think of that, actually. That makes sense. In Digimon, the goodbye was a side effect of the plot so that was taking place. And, and Pokemon's was just Ash going, go Butterfree, you've got to go with babies because the writers said so. Okay, which one do you think was justified? As potentially neither of them needed to happen. Okay, well, Pokemon's definitely wasn't justified because it was made up it's not a thing it will never be a thing but digimon's digimon's definitely was justified it felt like it needed to happen carrie would want tai to stay i understand what you mean though like this episode of pokemon was literally designed to get rid of this one character the episode of digimon like when writing the episode it wasn't that they were the end game was to get rid of carrie and tai it wasn't to say goodbye to Kari. So, like, that's not the point of the episode. The point of the episode was to give Ty a break and see the, the problem in the real world that are happening. And saying goodbye was just a part of it. Which one do you think was the saddest? I know which one made me saddest, and that was Pokemon. <laughs> because it's made me realise the miserable truth that Butterfree's incredibly underappreciated. And that's sad. It's a good Pokemon, though, as well. It, it, no, it can learn Psychic, which not, no, like, no bird Pokemon really learned that. Especially in Gen 1. It's so sad. I'm Team Instinct on Pokemon Go. I support the underdogs. It's basically what you can get from that. Butterfree's like one of the biggest underdogs in Pokemon ever. So to see the underdog be removed from existence by the writers makes me really sad. It's not happy times. Okay, well, speaking of letting go, shall we let go of this episode now? Mm-hmm. Okay, which episode did you enjoy and who deserves the point? Digimon definitely deserves the point more. I think the same. I definitely enjoyed Digimon a lot more than Pokemon. Bye-bye, Butterfree. Bye-bye, plot point. Who makes an episode to get rid of a character? Who does that? Pokemon. Why? Well, moving on now. That's it. We're done with this. We're done with these episodes. We're done. 
No, I've not done. I'm not done. You're not done. Okay. Have you got anything else you want to say? Imagine this. That moment in Home Away From Home when Agumon goes through the portal. Agumon's gone through. Now, imagine that Ty goes through and Agumon's not there. There's a completely different Digimon. Would you be annoyed? So what you're saying is that Agumon says, I've got to go back, but I can no longer be your partner. I need to go and have kids. Oh, it just disappears. He's somewhere else in the digital world because he's landed somewhere else. He's just gone because the writers have decided that Ty needs a better, cooler partner. Okay, no, 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 no. What could be, what would be, it'd be similar to saying that Argumon goes back to the digital world and Ty says, no, I'm going to stay here. I need to stay here. And then Argumon goes back to the digital world and then finds a new kid. And it's like, okay, you'll be my partner now. It's a bit like that happening. And I can see exactly why you'd be annoyed because it's so obvious that the writers have done it to get rid of a character. If they'd made this episode of Digimon so that they could replace Agumon, I would be annoyed. <laughs> they made this episode of Pokemon so that Butterfree could be replaced by what I'm assuming is either going to be a Krabby or some new Pokemon. Okay, well, let's just say that you can't hate the new Pokemon. I'm going to hate the new Pokemon. Why? Because the writers have invested themselves. Actually, you know what? No. You can be annoyed at the new Pokemon. I know exactly why you can be annoyed at the new Pokemon. Why? I'm not going to tell you. You're going to find out, like, next week anyway. The first Pokemon to take up that sixth slot in Ash's team will just get all of my hate directed straight at it. It will be my new least favourite Pokemon. Join us again next time and we'll be watching episode 22. Forget about it. And Abra and the Psychic Showdown. I wish I could forget about it. You can subscribe to the Moncast on SoundCloud, Stitcher and iTunes. And if you'd like to leave us an iTunes or Stitcher review, that would be absolutely wonderful. You can find our social media on Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr and with the World Forums if you search for the Moncast. Or you can send us an email at themoncastpodcast at gmail.com. Make sure to contact us because we like to read your messages. Yeah, they're, they're good. We're so sorry about this episode. Don't apologise. We're so sorry that Pokemon had to kill Butterfree. Didn't kill Butterfree. Butterfree's gone to have a family. Might as well have killed Butterfree. Final moment, except Butterfree's dead on the floor. It's the same thing. Ash has his sad goodbye and his memories of all the good times with now dead Butterfree, and then he leaves and forgets about him. Are you going to be salty about this episode for like the next four or five episodes? I'm thinking about the next four or five series. Okay. Cool. Thanks for listening, everyone. We'll see you next time. Bye. 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 Butterfree. 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 Hello, darkness, my old friend. I've come to talk with you again. Because a vision softly creeping. Left its seeds while I was sleeping And the vision that was planted in my brain Still remains within the sound of silence I think I'm going to focus on the positives and then just do all my dislikes in one super long thing at the end. Do you remember how you said how oh, but we were going to stop I just want... doing positives and then negatives and you wanted to just do the conversation and you've literally no, just said, if, okay, but if I'm going to save all my negatives. I'm going to save all my negatives until the very end. If I, if I don't, <laughs> if I slip into negatives, it'll just stay negative and always be negative. I won't acknowledge any positives ever. <laughs> okay, go ahead. You can do your positives. I'll just throw a few negatives in there. Sometimes okay. like a little grim. I prefer Venomoth. Don't lie. I'm not lying. I like Venomoth. You liar. I'm not lying. You liar.
You lie. Venomoth is. <laughs> Venomoth is disgusting in comparison to Butterfree. It's not. It's a really cute Pokemon. It's essentially the same thing. It's purple. It's got eyes. No, it's and... not. You it don't get basically the same. You don't thing. get any awful episode called "Bye Bye Venomoth." What do you expect? <sighs> they just take my favorite Pokemon. My favorite. <laughs> my favorite. Just taking my favorite Pokemon, <laughs> and they just decided to get rid of it. Come on, come on! I don't want stop. Stop moping. My turn to get moping. Cut music number three. <laughs> <laughs> How long we've been talking for? Like an hour. <laughs> yeah. Yes, we have. I said digital too much. Let's get digital. 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 Gonna get. Digital. You can find our social media, our social, our social media, our social media, our social media. Or Sean Connery. <laughs> no. Um. Does your Skype record both ends of recording? Yes. Okay. Good. As your audacity failed. Yep. Great. It's fine. It's okay. It should sound. Might okay be some anyway. drops in quality when my internet sucks, but it won't be that bad. That's fine. I can't talk about this episode again. I'm so done.